Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Hump Day Val and Beans. So I hate to do this to start the show, uh, but I was just telling you off air, which I think we should tell everybody, is that very, very sadly, a former guest of the show and not someone that we were, or I was anyway, close friends with, but was very much acquaintances with, Rich Higgins, has passed away. Mm. And he got a very rare strain of COVID, apparently, as per some information that's been, you know, made public and confirmed. And he had a number of complications um, and severe blood clotting and has been suffering, basically waiting with multiple transfusions and all kinds of other stuff for a small bowel transplant, which he was waiting to get and just got last last week. And he came through it and the updates were absolutely amazing that he was doing really well with it. Um, There was another final surgery they had to do. They were going to probably do it this weekend. And then this morning when I saw the uh, the uh, GoFundMe update that he passed away, I was like, oh, gosh. So severe condol or sincere condolences to his family. And it's he leaves behind kids and a wife. And it's just sad. I know. Really sad. I, I'm uh, this is. Yeah, it is very sad. I, uh, I you know, the, 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 I had him. I forget when I, I had him. On, I didn't I have him on my show first and I brought him over here. Yep. Afterwards, I think he came back one more time. I got to ask him questions about like, you know, Ezra Cohen, Watney, all the things that we were at the time we were really interested about. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was just one day I was like, oh, you know what? I, I have some things I really like, like to talk to, to Rich about again. Let's bring him back. It had been a while. And I, over the course of like a week and a half, I might have sent him one or two texts and wasn't getting any responses. And that's when I found out that he had he had been admitted to the hospital and he was in such bad shape. And I felt so, you know, I, I felt so, you know, crappy for being so oblivious to it all. And then, of course, that's when I found out about the GoFundMe and just been keeping up with that and, and uh, helping however I can, like everybody else has, too. And this is just horrible news. Yeah, it really is, um, especially since he was so clear about the threat that is that's facing the country from within and without and was attacked so virulently about his memos about cultural Marxism and the infiltration. And he was he was so on point and so brave in the way that he just stood up against it and so strong in his demeanor to see how he he could be just cut down by this is just horrible. I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say, because he was he was an asset and not just as a human, but his book was was great too and that's what he came to talk with us about so we will just give our condolences because he had it he had it all together and he was he was uh basically removed because he had it all together from the trump administration not by trump obviously but yeah yeah so warmest wishes to him um i spent a good part of the day yesterday just to change topic a little bit watching miss wendy stream live from California. She went it, live a couple times. This is the, the, the day one. What is this? Well, it was like they asked everybody to start re- arriving and staging yesterday. OK. In the parking lot outside of the uh, 
Arena where they're having their event today. I think the event starts at 11.30 Pacific time, so that would be 2.30 our time. And Wendy did manage to find herself a trucker to shack it up with on the way, <laughs> at least for a day or two in one direction. And then she found someone else she could cab with and, you know, for the next couple of days. So she's going to be like literally in a truck, which is pretty interesting and fun. I don't know. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's going to be it's going to be one truck going from. Uh, she's going to be in the same truck for the entire trip across country, or is this going to be, she's going to just uh, hitch rides uh, along the way with different people. And that's, that's what she's going to do. She is going to hitch. <laughs> well, listen, I actually, I, I did a, a couple of nights on hitchhiking stories, the good, the bad, the ugly on did my you? show recently. Yeah. And um, cause I was just, I was just so enamored with this idea of, you know, the, these, these bygone eras where things like that, were a lot easier to do without <laughs> without being killed. And I would have to say, if there's any situation in which you can hitch from one side of the country to the other and not get killed, it would be this. Yeah, I agreed. You know what I, I what comes to my mind immediately, immediately going my way. <laughs> Room for one more. Large, tell them large Marge sent you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Which one? It's Pee Wee. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Large Marge. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You jog my memory now. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> that was a good one, actually. Pee Wee Herman's great. And then we found out that he was like basically like a pervert. So, you know, well, I mean, well, let's I, I don't know about that. What was he doing? He was caught, you know, playing with himself in an adult movie theater, right? Right. Okay. Well, what else are you going to do in an adult movie? I mean, I guess, I guess. If that's the only thing. I don't know what else is story. I, I, that's the only thing I ever knew about his story. If that is it, then it's just. Well, nowadays it wouldn't. It, you know, we've got people doing that on Zoom meetings in the media and just making it back within a season. So well, well nowadays uh, you don't need to go to an adult movie theater to watch, uh, you know, X rated videos. True. But then again, I, I'd have to imagine that going to a movie theater to be in that kind of environment is actually part of whatever the hell you're the thrill you're seeking. Uh, it, it's probably whatever. But yeah. It, it was if you just look a couple of things, first of all, before we get too much further into this, <laughs> I know, please. Let's just- no, no, no. I'm going to talk about it. But before we get too much further into it, I just want to tell people where they can find the live stream <laughs> of the a truck convoy. Rumble Uncover DC, YouTube Tracy Beans, DLive Uncover DC, Getter on the Tracy Beans account. Um, what else? Twitch at Uncover DC. And um, I have another one. Cloud Hub is Uncover DC also. We have like seven or eight platforms, but you can go to um, you can go to any one of those and search up Uncovered DC and find where you can find it. Now, back to the uh, crazy perverseness we were talking about. The the show in and of itself was a little bit on the risque side, in my opinion. Uh, you're talking about Pee Wee? Pee Wee's Playhouse. Did you ever watch it? Of course it did. Why did you watch it, Frank? Because it was just on. It was like a Saturday morning thing, and it was just on. I always watched Pee Wee's Playhouse. It was like one of my favorite shows to watch. Well, let me tell you, you want to, I don't know how uh, risque, I, I don't have any real, obviously those things weren't being, uh, no red flags were being raised for me as a child in the early 90s when it was on on Saturday mornings. Yeah, pro, but but I'll tell you one thing. When they they revived Pee Wee's, Pee Wee's Playhouse and brought it to st- the stage, did you see that? No, I didn't. That's the, that's the first time that I watched it. And I said, 
I don't know if they've just adulted this. Nope. Uh, for the stage or because I don't remember it being like that. It, that was very suggestive. No, it was really suggestive. If you watch some of the episodes from your childhood now, you'll be like, whoa, just the same way that like Looney Tunes used to do that so that adults could get like some joy and, and laughter Yeah, out of uh, out of watching. It, it wow. was it was something anyway. Um, large Marge. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and, you know, it just gets worse in Canada because they're denying bail to the one of the people that funded the or helped organize the convoy, Tamara Lich. I don't know. Whatever her name is, Tamara, the one of the women who was who was live talking about how she was going to be arrested, saying that she may offend again if they let her out. And Julie Kelly is like, watch very closely for any U.S. senators, congressmen condemning the Canadians for not allowing her bail when they have said peanuts about the people rotting away on one six charges that have not even come anywhere close to warranting a jail stay with no bail awaiting trial. I, I know, you know, it was politically expedient until you have to actually rubber meet the road. Well, I mean, I, I made the comment last night. I did a deep dive into Russia last night. And one of the things that I thought was obviously so prevalent in, in, in what's being on display right now is that, of course, once again, you have these neocon, neoliberal uh, American uh, establishment types that are locking arms to define what is happening in, uh, in the East as nothing short of invasion. They're locking arms. They're trying to sell the idea that this is imminent war and we should be prepared for that. Um, but at the same time, they are zip lips about what's going on in Canada, yeah. which is is by far. I mean, you want to talk about humanitarian crisis? That's it. I, I love I love that one. I don't know who who they are. The um, House representatives from somewhere in the Midwest that proposed legislation to uh, grant asylum to Canadians. Mm, the which real would be people great. who need asylum. Oh yeah. I, as I said last night, I, somebody had called in and brought it up. I said it's perfect. I, I, we should grant asylum to Canadians and South African farmers. We should really get our uh, our priorities in check. Yeah, because you know where they they we, they won't do that because you know where they'll be voting. You see, right, right. But uh, you know, along pro liberty lines, yeah. more traditionally American, which we can't have because our government is in control and largely staffed by people who are not Americans. Yep. And I'm not talking about ethnic backgrounds. I'm talking about extra constitutional people and, and, and organizations and ideologies that actually hate the concept of America and have been trying to subvert it and destroy it since the onset. I have um, testimony here or a video from somebody who was basically assaulted and mangled by the police in Canada. Listen to this. They slammed me on the ground and started punching. They were punching my face. They were kneeing me. Stratching in the face and simultaneously that's when one of the ride officers took my nylon uh it's like a rain jacket so it's waterproof hard to breathe through and he, he took my hood wrapped it around my um my mouth and my nose and it was cutting off my breathing i didn't know if i was gonna get another breath because the last thing i saw were fists and knees coming into my face from all directions of my head, the top of my head, all over. I pulled my face out from the hood of my jacket and faced the other way. 
And I yelled out, I can't breathe. They read me my rights. They told me I was being charged for, I think they said obstruction of justice. And then later on they said mischief. I said, I understand, but I do not agree. They walked me over to a lineup, a very long lineup of people. We're going to give you two options. It was an ultimatum. You either A, sign this document we'll give you that states that you will not re-enter the protest. That's ridiculous. And that you will Just wait. leave and you all charges will be dropped. The other option was lose your business license, lose your ability to travel to the United States, among some other things. And I told them, I'll take the charges. Charge me. They didn't bring us into a cell. They didn't take our fingerprints. They didn't do anything that would give us evidence or paperwork. Instead, they brought us directly into the release room and said, there will be no charges laid on you. You are free to go. Huh. It's all a bluff. Well, I mean, in a certain in a certain degree, it's a bluff. I mean, you, you heard what the the Ottawa police chief was bringing up, right? Oh, what about about finding them and and sanctioning them later and all that? Yeah, it, this is they they have turned they found a way to 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 turn this into their January sixth. Yeah, well, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. you and I, the parallels have been uncanny, even in their language from the beginning. But they even had the, the thing is the craziest thing is that they had less to work with. Oh, I mean, at least January. Less. January sixth, you had um, you, you were you were able to point to a couple of broken windows and you know people shouting you know this and that. You so you had people shouting and pointing and looking mad, and you also had broken windows you can point to. But in uh, in Canada, you have bouncy castles and children and barbecues and and uh, you know dance parties, dance parties. Yeah, this is this is basically the global order's way to say if you stand up to us at all. We will destroy you unless it's to advance a goal that we, we think is is, you know, that we want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, I don't know why they didn't charge these people, probably because there's nothing they could be charged with. And I think that the there are courts in Canada that are sympathetic to what is happening here. Um, unlike the, the problem that I have is sitting back and listening to that guy. I can't confidently say that Americans in the same position would do what he did. That would say, charge me. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, yes, I know. It's it, it's uh, listen and, and not um, not to even absolve myself of uh, decisions that I would make when I'm in it, thinking about am I going to you know, how long am I going to be away from my wife and child and what are, what, the, what are the ramifications? How far are the ramifications going to reach? And then there would be the other side of, okay, well, uh, are you convinced in the righteousness of your cause? And if you are, and if this is a, a real evil that you're fighting, then uh, what, what better example are you setting for your, your wife and your, your child? Yeah, because um, the more people don't do it, the more emboldened they become. It's a casualty, just like it was with the mandates. Right. So it's one of those things that you just 
I, I understand either way. I understand what's motivating people and how they, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. This stuff is, we can't be, we can't be safe. It, no bets are going to be safe when you're trying to dismantle a tyrannical system uh, or peacefully. supplant. Yeah, you can't. It, it, to, to supplant a tyrannical system peacefully, there is going to be a lot of discomfort. You're going to have to get get used to confined spaces, which is a nightmare scenario for someone like me who's uh, claustrophobic and everything else. But um it's just what it is. What's it's, the everything else, Frank? What do you mean? You're claustrophobic and everything else. What's everything else? Well, like I said, uh, being detached from your family. Oh, oh, oh. Th- things like that where you are just, I mean, that's that's your life. It's your motivating factor for doing literally everything. I go to sleep at night, can't waiting to wake up to see my child again. Um, and and to, to miss even a day of her would be a nightmare at this point. So. I understand the motivation, the motivating factors for somebody to take the deal um, who were to have shown up to the protest in the first place, because I know the motivation for that as well. Everything you're thinking about, everything that you love, that you want to preserve. And it just makes decision making, although very simple, very difficult. Yeah. Here is the premier of uh, Alberta. The national opposition, as noted, has been extremely muted, but provincial premiers are pushing back. Among them, Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, who joins me now. And it's uh, great to have him on the show. The uh, I preferred the old name, Jason, the War Measures Act, because it seemed to me more honest about the action you were taking. Uh, but, but we have to call it the Emergencies Act these days. So, so let me ask you straight out, is there an emergency in Canada? Well, no, there's no emergency that requires invoking, you're right, Mark, the successor legislation to the War Measures Act, which effectively was martial law, uh, viewers may know that, or you certainly know, that back in 1970, the War Measures Act was invoked by uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's father uh, to deal with, uh, the, with some militant and, and violent Quebec separatists. It's broadly regarded as a great shame in our modern history uh, and, and a huge overreach at that time, which is one of the reasons Canada developed its written Charter of Rights. Uh, this, I believe, is a clear violation of the principles of that charter. It is not called for. It's disproportionate. It's unnecessary. Look, I'm a law and order conservative, and I don't think any uh, democratic government can tolerate uh, indefinite blockades of critical infrastructure, of roads, of, of border crossings. We dealt with that here in Alberta effectively using ordinary uh, powers. Uh, we don't need these extraordinary powers to deal with um, people parked illegally on a road. Mm. which is really at the end of the day what it is yeah people who are parked illegally on a road that's it emergency powers it's insane it really is um moving over to something a little less serious and heavy but i guess it's you know something comical to talk about did you see this uh Story about this Democrat House candidate from Oklahoma. Uh, Say no, because you you would know immediately. No, no, I guess. Yeah, no. Her name is Abby Broyles. She's 32. What happened was she went, I guess, to a friend's house where they were having like a teenager, like pre sleep, middle school age girls were sleeping over. And I guess all the moms decided 
that they were going to get together and also have a sleepover just to make it like, you know, whatever the, the moms drink wine, the kids sleep over. It was a fun little thing to do. Right. After this event happened, apparently people took to social media that were there to explain what this Abby woman actually did at this gathering. She denied all of this in the beginning. She said she wasn't even there. And then things started coming out that proved that she was there. And so she had a cop to it. And here it is. She told basically what happened was she got drunk off her face, screamed and yelled and berated these, you know, teenage, young teenage girls, and then started throwing up in a hamper. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was so bad. And what she said was so bad. And she said like racist, racist things to them. Which, as a Democrat, you know, is is obviously. Well, that's just their bread and butter. Yeah. So people were completely hateful, hateful animals. Right. They really are. I mean, you know, whatever. So she came out. She had to cop to it now. And her statement is so classic, Frank. I can't wait to hear what you say. She says that she had an adverse reaction, Frank, after drinking wine and taking a sleep medication Given to her by a friend. And she says this. Instead of helping me sleep, I hallucinated. (laughs) And I don't remember anything until I woke up or came to and I was throwing up in a hamper. Right, right. (laughs) You remember you remember in the Sopranos season six um, when when Vito blamed his uh, his homosexual cravings on blood pressure medicine? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, he said, he said I had I had blood pressure. I got the, the medicine all squared away. I'm fine now. I'm fine now. <laughs> He's trying to get back in the game. Uh, well, trying. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so there's more. She said she was invited to the slumber party by a good friend from law school who was the mother of one of the girls. Parents and at least one of the girls who were at the sleepover told the online news outlet Nondoc, which first reported the story, whoever that is, that Broyles used profanity and berated several of the 12 and 13 year old girls at the party, commenting on one girl's acne and another's Hispanic ethnicity. The parent of one of the girls, Sarah Matthews, tweeted last week that she was disappointed that Broyles had not reached out to the girls to apologize for someone who pontificates to be undyingly pro woman. I'm disgusted by your behavior and find it appalling. You couldn't understand why their parents were angry. Matthews wrote. Wow. Broyles, who initially denied that she had attended the party, apologized last week during her interview with KFOR and News Channel, for which she used to work as a journalist. Here is where it is. This is the this is it right here. This is this is progressivism in a nutshell. This is the Democrats today in a nutshell. This is the statement. Ready? You're going to laugh. I think I want to say I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart. I apologize for any hurt or damage or trauma that my behavior when I didn't know what I was doing, caused. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right. Thank you for getting it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It wasn't really my fault. I had no control over my actions. You, you, you like just a disclaimer. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Don't blame me. Like you're entitled. Ass. Listen. This is all. This is what they. First of all, it's uh, it's it's very apropos that she would be at this sleepover party for thirteen-year-olds, and would pretty much be acting like an eleven-year-old because th- this is all it is about. They go and they they try to make up for some some a time in their life where they maybe they didn't have the best of times or they weren't the most popular person or or whatever, and they they try to become. The, the the king of the of the children 
They want to be the king child or the queen child where this is their people. They can they they can relate to the 13 year old because inside that's what they really are. They have a 40 year old body, perhaps, but they're still just like children wounded in many ways, completely uh, driven by impulse and they have no control, anything like that. But because of their physical demeanor, they can claim any kind of, I don't know, authority over this with 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 complete ease. With their, they don't have to earn anything intellectually. This is why they beat up on the weak, because it's very easy to beat up on the weak and they avoid debates with adults. She, they I, always do that. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you're seeing all these teachers out themselves in some way to get their students to approve of them. It's like if they, these kids think they're cool, then then, you know, whatever. But she tweeted 16 hours ago and, and she continues and she doesn't even realize she's doing it, which is the worst. The things I'm accused of saying are not who I am, nor do they, do they depict the entirety of the situation that occurred. They're not a reflection of my beliefs. This has been a painful attack on my character from the accusations themselves to the overwhelming amount of politically charged threats, malicious emails, calls and messages I've received. Like all of us, I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes. And I sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm not the only Oklahoman who's never who's ever had one too many on a Friday night. Being in the public eye for an intense three years in a tumultuous political climate has been the most stressful, stressful time of my life. While I'm committed to service, I'm taking some time to focus on my mental health and recharging so I can feel 100 percent again. Selfish, 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 selfish. I have to recharge. You know, I I listen, I I am the I have been anointed. This could only be my position in life to to be who I am in the position I'm in. There's no one else that could step in for me. So let me just recharge and I'll be back. You know what the funniest thing is? Citizen Free Press had the story and their headline is Miss Democrat hot mess gets drunk, take takes Ambien, yells at children, vomits. in." <laughs> How do you not click on that to read it? How? You tell me. I don't know. So there was that. I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. And um, then we've got this, Frank. Here. It's understandable why people want to take masks off the kids. But right now, given the level of activity that we have, it is risky. And that's how I would have to describe it, Chuck. It's risky that you're going to start seeing infections in kids. It's risky. It's risky to strangle someone, too. It's it, Yes. It's also risky to fly. It's risky to drive a car. It's risky to get strangled. It is. It's risky to punch people in the face repeatedly and to get punched in the face repeatedly. Anything else? No. Um, I have some stats about Ukraine. And given you're an expert and I am totally not. I'm no, no, no. Sorry. Don't bill me as an expert in this. I'm just saying. You're doing deep dives into the topic. I can't talk about it like that. Well, I, I, I pulled together really awesome blog posts and comparative media and then posed some relevant open-ended questions to the the audience and had some really good interchanges, things like that. Um, But um, as far as there's a lot of cultural things going on out there, what I I tried to concentrate on is why are we getting involved? Why is why is this a NATO issue, especially when the countries in uh, at hand here in the subject, the center of the entire story are not even NATO members? Do you want to hear some interesting stats that I've pulled together about Ukraine? Certainly. 
why Ukraine matters here. This is this is some things that might make you scratch your head. It's first in Europe in proven recoverable recoverable reserves of uranium ore. It's second in Europe and 10th in the world in terms of titanium ore reserves. It's second in the world in terms of explored reserves of manganese ores. It is second largest iron ore reserves in the world. It is second in Europe in terms of mercury ore reserves. It is third place in Europe in shale gas reserves. It's fourth in the world by total value of natural resources. It is seventh place in the world in coal reserves. It is first in terms of arable land area in Europe. It is third place in the world by the area of black soil. It's got 25% of the world's volume of black soil. It's first place in the world in exports of sunflower and sunflower oil. Second place in the world in barley production and fourth place in barley exports. The third largest producer and fourth largest exporter of corn. The fourth largest producer of potatoes. Fifth largest producer of rye in the world. Fifth place in the world in bee production. Eighth place in the world in wheat exports. Ninth place in the world in the production of chicken eggs. Sixteenth place in the world in cheese. The Ukraine, Ukraine on its own can meet the food needs of 600 million people. Uh, well, that is that's part of the uh, I would say a big reason why uh, it has become such a valuable asset to uh, Western intelligence that have completely captured it and destroyed it and help pilfer countless billions of dollars worth of assets and raw materials out of Ukraine. It's it's like it's a it's a zombie state. That's the n- not to discredit ancient cultures there, but as far as the controlling assets and the controlling uh, hierarchy out there, this is why it's it, it had become such a uh, valuable target for the CIA and, and others. I've got more in, in industrialized terms. It's the first in Europe in ammonia production. Uh, the fourth largest natural gas pipeline system. Oh, the second largest in Europe and the fourth largest in the world of natural gas um, in the pipeline. Third largest in Europe and eighth largest in the world in terms of installed capacity of nuclear power plants. Uh, The third largest in Europe and the 11th in the world in terms of rail network length. The third place in the world after the United States and France in production of locators and locating equipment. The third largest iron exporter. The fourth largest exporter of turbines for nuclear power plants. These are all in the world. The fourth, the, the fourth largest manufacturer of rocket launchers. Fourth place in the world in clay exports. Fourth place in the world in titanium exports. Why China might want them. Eighth place in the world in export of ore and concentrates. Ninth place in the world in exports of defense industry products. And the 10th largest steel producer, producer in the world. They produce 32.4 million tons of steel per year. So, yeah, you see why now there's such a struggle for this and why George Soros wants it so badly. Mm hmm. It's a really rich little country, isn't it? Yeah, resource rich for sure. Yeah. Yes. So now, you know, and, and, you know, part of me is like, we'll just turn our pipeline back on you mother effers. What the hell's wrong with you? Oh yeah. I love that. Oh, oil. This is going to peak over a hundred dollars a barrel. I said, Oh really? Well, it, it should be a, it should be evident as to why being energy independent, which we were for a little while, uh, would be nice. I don't think they want it. No, of course they don't want it. All of this is leading us to uh, a chaos flashpoint, uh, a, a, a chaos in which something 
even more calamitous can happen. Like the, the cyber attacks they're already saying is on the way. Freaking ridiculous. Yeah. That's why I wish that we, that's why I wish that no matter what our, our network size is, as far as our individual shows and how we, we get our conversations out to um, audiences all over the world. I just, oh man, if, if, if they really start doing flipping light switches and turning the breakers on and off, it's going to be very hard to communicate unless we had short wave radio. And that's just something I don't have. I'm not Nelly or, you know, I wish, I wish I had a, uh, a radio license. I wish we had a radio license too. You know what? That brings me to the next thing. Truth social, truth social. Where are you on your list? Where are you? Who me? Yeah. Where are you on the list? Oh, 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 well, I, when I heard that it went up, I made sure I was, I got on just, just to be able to get my name, my name set aside. I, I never know how much these things are going to become a part of my daily use, but still, uh, are you talking about my, my, yeah, we're my on the waiting number? list, are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 202,477. So that's not too shabby. Why? What's, well, I don't we- think, I don't, I'm, I, this is how it started. You know, I played the funniest thing I put on my telegram yesterday. It was a it was a meme, a little clip of uh, Beetlejuice sitting in the waiting room mm-hmm. and he looks at his ticket and the, the, the quote was me waiting for Truth Social or getting on to Truth Social or whatever. And he opens up his ticket and it's like nine billion six hundred seventy five million, blah, 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 blah. And he does the sigh, mm-hmm. you know, Beetlejuice. Yep. And then he tries to steal the other person's tickets and his head shrinks, you know, the whole deal. So that's what it feels like. But when I first signed up, I was like 4,000 something. And then a few hours later, I was like 14,000 something. And then a few hours after that, I was like, what am I at now? But why? I don't. That's a great question. 95,779. What, what would get in between you and your original spot in line? I, I don't know. I don't think this means anything is what I'm trying to say, because I know a lot of people have said that they had like 450,000 and somehow they're on. So I don't think there's any real thing to the wait list other than you get to refresh it every day and look at it. Um, however, I will tell you, I have an account and it's there and you can see it and I'm getting notifications. OK, so I'm, I have like a lot of notifications and I'm trying. I think it's really funny because I have almost a thousand followers, but I can't get on. Well, I guess I'm so excited to get together with everyone again. I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to interact with like the meme creators and the journalists and the people. I just I really am because there's no other platform that could have galvanized everyone together the way that Truth Social will. Right. Okay. Juanita well, Broderick is on there now. Uh, Ratcliffe just started his account up. I think Dilly's over there. He's actually posting. Oh, Dilly, yeah, Dilly's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, Carpe Donctum's over there. Gigi's over there. You can all follow Gigi. It's at Gigi Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. <laughs> but yeah, I keep getting these things like Maga Farley is following you. Steve Vogel, Froggy Fan, Non Anon, Summer Abbott, all these people. And I, I, it's like it's like taunting me, Frank. It is a big it is a very big taunt right now. <laughs> And and then just watching like people whine about it is making me laugh so hard. Why am I not on yet? I it's one of those things where I knew that there was going to be a, a big surge, so I just I put my name in. Uh, I said, and once it said, "Hey, you're in," I said, "Okay, well, at least at quite frankly is not going to be taken by something," and uh, and I'm just going to go about my 
my life until I get another email that it's been activated. And it's, that was a couple of days ago. So whether it takes a few weeks or even a I, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I'm like, it'll happen when it happens. I'm actually fine. Whenever I get on there, I'll get to work and it'll be just like a, a reunion. The, the thing I'm excited about is that I can get this information out to the people that I want to have it without having to jump through 7 million hoops. Right. That's the thing that I'm excited about. And, yeah. and, and the banter and being able to mock people again. And free. It's just... Mockery is medicine for the soul. Yes. Go to uh, go to Drudge Report, Frank. OK. OK, what's up? Read, read, just read. Navy's maneuvering in Mediterranean. NATO jets at high alert. Ukraine state of emergency. Reservists drafted. Danger, cyber attacks on satellites. Well, we might as well all just put a gun in our mouths and kill ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? Everyone, listen to me. Close off the close your computers. <laughs> go outside, have a beer and just watch the watch the explosions. That's it. There is literally nothing that we're going to do other than. Maybe if we have our collective peaceful energy, you know, assaulting the ethers. Well, here's here's another one. Look, survey six in 10 couldn't cope without phone for more than a day. One in eight suffer anxiety from low battery. You know, you know, I'll be honest. I was like that myself. But I, I really was. Seriously, that would be me. However, Recently, I found that I'm not even consciously, subconsciously leaving my phone in a room and walking out without it. And then like an hour or two will go by and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I don't have my phone. Yep. Like I'm I, not even doing it on purpose. I know. It's, it's great. I, I, I have I leave my phone home when I go to the studio. Oh, gosh. More. more uh, uh, yeah. It, it's happened to me quite a few times over the last few months. And, you know, I'm just like, huh, all right, well, whatever. Um, and I'll just, I don't know. I, I just send a homing pigeon back to Lauren if I need anything. Well, she but, watches anyway, so she can get you other ways. Yeah, I guess so. And then the other, and then the other thing there too is, uh, quite a, quite a bit now, my phone just turns off from battery going dead. You know, I just, and it just happens. So now I think anybody in a situation where let's say, I, I don't know, you're in some kind of a, uh, a city you're out, you are, you're just out and about. You need to, com- you need to keep communication open uh, with family or something like that. I can see how battery would cause some anxiety in certain situations, especially since we are not in the age of, um, of uh, pay phones anymore. You don't remember anybody's number like we used to a couple of decades ago anymore. That's just the do way you, it is. Do you remember your first phone number? Uh, I, I do. I think it was. Oh, you mean like first phone number at home? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I remember several of the numbers we had at home because we ended up having to get multiple lines because I was constantly on the phone and nobody else could call. I remember all my grandparents' phone numbers. Uh, all two three zero seven was my gram uh, my my uh, grandma who just passed away. Uh, there was. The eight, eight seven one seven was my my number, um, and then there was more one three six six when we moved into our new home at, at, after eighth grade. I yeah. had 
I had, this was before they combined or split off area codes in, on Long Island. Um, I still have my New York phone number. Um, I had 3603-5848-2911. I had a whole bunch of them. My first cell phone number that I remember that I, I, I had for almost maybe more than 10 years was 0213. I've had this phone number for probably close to 15 years now. Yeah. It's traveled with me everywhere. Well. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget having to get my own phone line in my bedroom because my parents just could not use the phone. <laughs> and then it was going online. That was another thing. Like, once you could go online, hey, kitties, you know, you used to have to use a phone line to get online. <laughs> I know. So then my, we had to get a separate fax line and phone line for AOL. And then that noise. Do you remember the noise, Frank? You were probably of, too old for the noise. What do you mean? The dial up noise? Of yeah. course. I, I, yeah, my first, first of all, forget AOL. Before AOL, my first, uh, when everybody was getting email for the first time, we, when we signed up for Juno. Oh, um, mind spring. Juno mail. If you, you were going to send one piece of mail, it was pretty much one phone call. And that was the first time I actually heard the dial up through the modem and all that stuff. That was just to send one piece of mail. Then it became a very big thing, a very big uh, uh, innovation when you can send multiple pieces of mail through one phone call. And then, of course, the constant connectivity of something like AOL or, uh, you know, uh, what, what was the other one? There was a few others there. Oh, I don't, I don't, e I don't even know. But I, I'm just thinking about this because I've been doing this a lot lately. Like we've gone through like I think humanity in general is on, on this quickening speed where we've gone through a technological revolution in the past 30 years that our our ancestors, the people that came before us, even our parents didn't see in their lifetime in a very rapid period of time. So I my dad was always into computers always, even from when I was tiny. He was a programmer. He used to code in basic and like he used to make games and we had like a Commodore and I grew up with computers, just the whole, the whole evolution of them. And I'll never forget this. He showed me a magazine where he was like, I can't believe this is happening. I don't remember how old I was, but it was the first one gig hard drive. And, and I remember sitting there and my dad trying to explain to me how big that actually was. One gig. It, yeah. And now look at us. Well, I, well yeah, because I, I remember my first compact presarios that we were getting. Um, if you had anything close to 100 megabytes of hard drive space, that was huge. Yep. Me we're talking megabytes. Yeah. Um, and now there's just... I don't know. Every flash drive you get is is uh, is in the you know dozens of gigabytes, but you yeah, no. I, I remember there was anymore. as far as early uh, internet service providers after Juno and stuff. There was CompuServe, um, of course, MindSpring. Yeah. But but um, AOL, Prodigy. Your oh, Prodigy! They used Prodigy. to have the CDs that came. Yep, Prodigy yeah. and AOL. They were a little bit more neck and neck at time. Then AOL just blew them all away. So I remember the five and a quarter inch floppy disk and it used to used to put it in the computer and it used to be like, oh, my gosh. And well, I, the, di the disk is what made AOL uh, explode. Nobody was willing to 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 manufacture these installation disks like they would and send them out to everyone. I mean, we would literally get, uh, every yeah. day you'd get them. 
You get a new one. It's it's version three point five, version four point five, version five. You know, it, it was it was incredible. Earthlink that was another one, if I remember correctly. Crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. Super cool though. Just yeah. thinking about it. I mean, look at how far we've come. You remember Nextel phones? I I was on I was on fleet number thirty seven. That was before you can you can talk to people on other fleets. Oh, I don't even. I, I had my Nextel, and it was the coolest thing ever. I loved I, it. I loved it too. I loved my Nextel phone. And then when the first um, slide came out, the first slide phone was it a track phone? What were they called? I don't even remember. It was pretty cool. Um, but I I loved those too. Like I had a a Nokia phone, <laughs> Nextel. Oh goodness, pagers. Do you remember pagers? I love, yeah, I love them. I had a pager and I used to write out text messages to my boyfriend at the time by like using the dial pad and then spelling out words. So I would like email, I would like page him like a string, like, you know, let me see. If you look at the phone dial pad now, you'll see like two was ABC, which everybody knows. So it would be like four space. Five, six, eight, three, space, nine, six, eight. And then he would have to figure out what it meant, but it meant I love you. You see what I'm saying? That's how I was texting on my yeah. pager. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we had all of the, the the codes there. And of course, everybody still remember. Actually, I don't know. People one, probably four, wouldn't have used it. One, four, three. Um, one, three, three was I miss you. Oh, I don't Even, remember that. Yeah, yeah, but which the you know which is weird because of course miss is four, but you have to you, you can't use one four three and one four three again and expect somebody to know that love is now you miss. So you <laughs> have to make just, that mistake. Yeah, yeah, you just have to create new things. These the kind of things. Of course, four three is f u. Um, and then there was there's a few other things there too. You used to be able uh, I, I used to spell words upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it came to the text paging, that was that was huge. Then you can go online and you can text somebody Um, the relay chats where we used to abuse people. It it was you know, it's actually was a really good service, but they set up these relay chats for deaf people that you can call up or, or you can talk to somebody or no, no, not deaf people, blind people, I think. And um, what the hell was it? Where they call up, you have to call up a, a, you call up a number, you tell them what you want to say. A, a deaf person can go and text somebody, an operator who then goes and calls somebody on their behalf and speaks on their behalf for a deaf person who can't get on the phone. Mm. So they would be at their place texting, uh, you know, through a computer talking to this operator and the operator would have to say exactly what they want to say to the person on the other <laughs> end of the line. So what we would do is oh, we would Lord. call up the operator. We would text into the operators. We'd get hooked up with them and then we would have them call up our friends and we'd say something. We'd say make them say things that are completely perverted and uh, and, and make it awkward for the operator, which, of course, is not good because for the, the deaf person out there that needed this. It was you, actually your, a, your little teenage friends were there abusing it. Yeah. Well, we were the only ones in the country doing it, of course. So it's our <laughs> fault. But. And then they had those great um, show or shows out like the Jerky Boys came out. They did all only prank calls. Do you remember them? 
Of course. The Jerky Boys. And then there was uh, Crank Yankers on Comedy Central. And I have one of my favorite Crank Yankers episodes or things ever where Niles, the British puppet, calls a hardware store and asks what type of cock they have. I remember that. what colors they... (laughs) Were they... Was it the same people... Or, or was it just a spinoff of uh, Jerky Boys? I think it was a spinoff, but the Jerky Boys calls spurred a number of block caller ID and record on speakerphone with your tape recorder calls that we made to people. And we had a few really good ones that I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but we'd record them all. And then one time, the first time we did it, we'd record them and my mom and dad came home from work and I'd be like, listen, and play them for them like an idiot. And they're like, don't. Do that. <laughs> Don't prank call people. Stop doing this to us. Yeah. But it was right. people I didn't know. We'd randomly pick people out of the phone book because they still had those, too. That was the best, to be honest. It was before Star 69. Um, you can I mean, you can just call. You can call anybody. We, we would thumb through the phone book and just randomly. You know. Yeah. And then like. You would before call or call waiting came out, like literally if there are any kids listening to this, because some people have their kids listen to the show, which I think is fantastic. Um, you used to call somebody and if they were on the phone, it wouldn't go through. You would get a busy signal and you'd have to wait until they got off the phone. And today, obviously, you have unlimited people calling in and <laughs> freaking crazy. Everything's unlimited. For a very, very, very cheap price. Remember, with AOL, um, you can have the the expensive $20 a month unlimited package, but you can also just buy minutes. And at first, that's all I uh, we had. You know, For $5 a month, you get about, I don't know, maybe 120 minutes where you're, you, know, you, you have to check at the back end of your, of your account. Oh, man, I only got 37 minutes left. Yeah. Um, and then it, when you run out of minutes, that's it. You're kicked offline. And calls used to be charged by the minute, too. Yeah, because it was all it was all be, you you got a call. If somebody tried calling your house when you were on AOL, they got the busy, busy signal until they started finding it. So so some people would start getting uh, multiple lines at their house. One is just their Internet line. And then we started coming up with ideal with uh, line splitters. There was line splitting technology that started coming out where you can put all of these um, um, the inputs, multiple inputs, so that these tiny little boxes can actually split usage on the line. So people can actually get a call while you are maintaining a connection online. It would diminish the strength a little bit and the stability. But still, I mean, this all stuff happened before we just went to. I mean, everything is free. And then, of course, the fiber optics and the constant connections. And um, that's it. You didn't have to worry about that anymore. Now, now nobody even uses their phone, period. No, there are no more landline phones. Nope. Very few people have them. I remember being in college at SUNY Albany and my boyfriend at the time was going to Loyola in Maryland. And I would call him from my room phone and my phone bills would be three and four hundred dollars a month. Because I was not only just was I calling, but I was calling long distance and you had to pay more the further away you call. Indeed. I don't know why we did this today, but why not? It's just where we have been led. Well, you know what it is, because the other day we spoke about Jenko's and music. And then today I was just scrolling through Drudge when um, 
I found this this link that says Dirtbag Glamour Ascendant once more. I know. I saw that, too. And it just brought me back to when grunge was a thing. Indeed. And then right above that, there's an article that says Harvard student. We are sheep. We yielded to irrational pandemic restrictions to get the next credential. Future leaders, we aren't. And then, of course, on the same page is an opinion by Madeleine Albright on New York Times talking about how Putin has made a mistake. Remember, this is the same Madeleine Albright who um, very, very concisely said that the deaths of 500,000 Iraqi children was worth it back after um, – Back around the time of the uh, of Gulf War One mm. and afterwards, mm. five hundred thousand children. The death. I remember for, that. Yeah, yeah. And all the lying that went on just during that war alone, with the baby and incubators, babies and incubators. They were so upset about babies and incubators that they killed a half a million children afterwards. You know what's crazy about what you just said is that on also on Drudge today, if you see it, Frank, if you look up at the top, like closer to the top, one of the headlines is, um. Ken false flag attacks. I know. Yeah. They said they said what are what are false flags attack false false flag attacks and could Russia actually make one work in the information age? Basically As, conceding that I know that this is propaganda, but they've they've you know uh, what's her name Mindy Robinson has a documentary out on on um, Las Vegas. And the shooting there. Yeah. Did you did you see this yet? I'll send you the link. No, I haven't. I have to watch it because I'd like to have her on the show to talk about it. But that was, you know, these are the things that they they you know, they're starting to realize with all these like what they just did with the horse trampling that woman where they tried to like gaslight the world into saying it was her fault. Can you make a false flag work in now in today's day and age? Right. Because the implication there is that. It's, it's impossible. I mean, there's no I mean, you can't. I mean, we 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 uh, were too informed. We can see these things coming a mile away because nothing has happened like that. Um, and then they'll try to make a false flag out of a false flag, you know. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, a, you know, Julie, Julie Kelly is on a roll. Like, honestly, like I was reading through some of what she's been saying. And she said earlier, she said, hold on, let me find it and then we'll end the show. OK. She says this Biden confirms moving U.S. troops and equipment from Europe to Baltic states just in case. Dear God, what a farce this is. Not a single person or institution backing U.S. involvement is trustworthy. They've burned their credibility on any number of scandals and manufactured crises completely compromised. And it's who trusts anybody anymore yep. with anything. I know. I know. But uh, but uh, uh, apparently, apparently uh, you can trust the information age. Yep. Is apparently in the information age, uh, there is impossible to have a false flag. It hasn't happened. But the Russians, can they actually make it work? Maybe they can, Frank. Oh, boy, man, those they are just they're a wily bunch, aren't they? They do have deep fakes and they have such an, you know, a very high level hacking capability as well. They're just like these 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 international tricksters. They just they don't stop. (laughs) You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Hump Day Val and Beans. You can find us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Make sure you check out the live stream of the Truckers People's Convoy, and we will see you back here Friday. Later.
I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or if you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>